0: head to my website simonmundy.com or amazon waterstone smiths places like that to get your copy
1: there's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plushcare plushcare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe fda approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and zepbound for those who qualify
0: Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Life Lessons from Sport and Beyond. I'm Simon Mundy and this week I'm joined by the man who scored the most famous try in Scottish rugby history, Tony Stanger. Tony famously touched the ball down to secure Scotland the Five Nations Grand Slam in 1990 against a much fancied England side. Since retiring, Tony spent seven years developing talent through the Scottish Institute of Sports and now runs a company coaching people in business using many of the lessons he's learned from his life in sport. The theme of this conversation is about developing a growth mindset. We talk about the power of language and carefully calibrated questions, not letting what other people say and believe limit your own potential, The importance of self-regulation tony has studied carol dweck's work on fixed and growth mindsets and has written his own book on the subject called red dot parenting before we get to the conversation a request please could you share this episode on whatsapp social media in conversation whichever way suits you best it makes a big difference and would be hugely appreciated Tony Stanger, what an absolute pleasure to have you on the podcast. How are you?
3: Yeah, really good. Thank you, Simon. Yeah, no, it's a pleasure to to, to be here. Anytime you can um, spend a bit of time in your day just chatting about things you love is, is, is time well spent. So no, excited and looking forward to it. Couldn't agree more. I'll tell you, it's the highlight of my days and weeks off in my
0: podcast chats. You know, you get to connect and get in flow. That said, Tony, you know, I often like to get off on, on the right foot, but We're going to get off on the wrong foot, I'm afraid. It's unavoidable because, you know, the fact of the matter is you did something that upset my dear mother and nearly caused my dad to get a cuffing. So I can't let that (laughs) slip by the wayside, (laughs) I'm afraid, Tony. Of course, I'm talking about when you scored the most famous try in Scottish history, 1990, the Gavin Hastings kick that you grab from above your head and touch down to uh, scupper England's chances or rather secure Scotland the, the Grand Slam. So a bit of context, uh, my dad, who now has a debenture at Murrayfield, my dad's Scottish, and uh, he couldn't get tickets that day because obviously the interest in rugby at that time, both north and south of the border, was was skyrocketing. Yeah, massive, He couldn't yeah. get tickets for Murrayfield. So he watched it in a pub near where we live, and he was the only Scot in the pub. So when you scored, he stood up and obviously looked around and realised that he was close to getting a cuffing and I was at home I was still obviously just barely out of nappies with my poor mum <laughs> who was English and she was virtually in tears so I, I don't know what you've got to say for yourself Tony. You. <laughs> Do
3: you know it was I think um the, the special nature of it was both teams were undefeated and people remember the, yeah. the context. So it was a home game for Scotland. The other thing that people forget is there was only five teams in, in those yeah. days. So England had played their first three games in, three games in a row and then then um, well, every, every two weeks as it was then. And then they had like about a month off before the, the game. So, I mean, you know, a month of time to kind of dwell on that, the opportunities. We played Wales in between that period of time. So it was um, one of those situations we had the utmost respect for the England team. We knew that it was going to be tough, but we also believed that we were if we performed well, there was every chance. And and, and sometimes people overplay things, but the the, the David Soule deciding to walk out. And I can still feel it now as I'm talking to you, those those <laughs> tingles down your spine yeah. of the way the crowd responded when that happened. Yeah, I think yeah. I think it went from, you know, we could do this to not with a sense of arrogance that but you know, we're going to do this kind kind of thing. And it was a very tight game and on small margins. But um you know, we could have probably played that game 10 times and won it once, but that that was the time. So, uh, yes, well, uh, it means I'm now remembered for something very positive in Scottish rugby rather than someone who uh, knocked the ball on short of the line and we ended yeah. up losing. So, uh, yes, I'll take it. I'll certainly take it. Absolutely. So, quick
0: question for you. How many times, ballpark, do you think you've spoken about that try? <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah. I, I do I do make a joke. So I get people who tend to come up to me, they sort of look at you and they do a double take and they say, I, I know, are you Tony Stanger? And uh, so, yeah, yeah. I said, yeah, yeah. So I I was at Murrayfield that day. I want to I, I shake your hand. <laughs> Sometimes I joke with people and I say, no, you weren't. And they, and they look at me. What? What? I said you can't have been. I said the stadium only holds sixty-seven and a half thousand people. I've shaken more hands than that, so somebody must be coming back for a second shake. So uh, um, it's um, it's really it's it's the power of emotion, isn't it? It's it's. Yeah. Um, we're going to talk about that. That. Um, you know, I have an, a, a connection with someone who I've never met before who was in, in the same space and time as I was, who remembers it as clearly as I do in a slightly different way. To, to have that connection with someone, another human being, in that way I think is really special. So I always yeah. try and make, make time to, to do that and shake someone's hand, have a, have a chat. And it's it's usually blokes of a certain age um, who, were, <laughs> you know, um, who, who were there and remember it. The, that younger generation wouldn't, but it was, um, it was it, to, to be there. To be there at the, at the time in, in those games, it just shows you the, the the beauty of live sport, which we've missed over the last two years. Just to, to be part of that, and uh, yeah, you don't get as good a view as you do on, at home. You don't get the replays, but you get that those feelings and, and stuff that, that, that go with it. So it was uh, yeah, no, it was it it's it's lovely. As I say, I, I'm 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 very thankful that that's the memory rather than people nudging and pointing. And <laughs> that's the, that's the guy that messed up over there. So yeah, as I say, we'll uh, we'll, we'll we'll take it in a lovely memory and um, you know something something nice of a, of a long. Career you know what you you know what it's like in sports. Time there's there's lots of ups and downs along the way, and it's a long old time when you think about the commitment you make. But um, it's nice yeah. to have uh, nice to have that in there as a as, yeah. a, as a as a something which is um, that, uh, that you've got fond memories of. It's, it was your Chesney Hawks moment. I call it. that um, <laughs> <That's> just, <laughs> yeah, that's, You
0: say a couple of things I just want to pick up on. Um, I I promise you we're going to talk about other stuff, Tony, but just a couple of things because I do think it's relevant. You say you make time for everyone who comes up, and I think that speaks to humility, which I, I want to talk to you about. Another thing is you said as well the memory connecting with people on account of the fact that you've both got the shared memory, albeit from different angles. But I've read somewhere that you don't have an internal memory of the moment. Is that true? And if so... To what degree is that because you were in flow, lost in the moment?
3: Yeah, no, you're you're spot on. I haven't. Interestingly, you would always go back over your games with a fine tooth comb and look at it as of performance, how you played. You, you'd because and particularly if that was um, um, throughout the course of a championship, but that was the last game. And although I had a recording, I never never watched it. I was not, you know, because I. I can I remember the overall emotion, but the the nitty gritty, the little bits and pieces, you know, I think I would forget the stuff that happened. So it was kind of on autopilot, if I'm honest. So now I've only seen it. Uh, and I, I have genuinely, genuinely not gone to seek out the, 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 the clip. I've seen it for sometimes where if I'm going to do a presentation or something, people oh, we've just got a clip of Tony for those of you who don't know. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, oh, I wonder what this one's going to be, which is, which yeah. is nice. So I've, <laughs> I've, 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 seen it a, a good, a good few times and, and, and I have no problem remembering it in, in that way. And I think there's an element of autopilot and an element of, and I now remember it as other people remember it through seeing it through the eyes of television and through the voice of Bill McLaren. So that's that's nice yeah, to have as yeah, well. Absolutely, um, yeah.
0: Moving on, moving on. We did talk about humility, or we touched on humility. I think that uh, often sports people or successful people in any field it can easily go to your head because we do live in a culture where we put people on pedestals. And this is something I know that you're very interested in, This this confusing who we are with what we do. And I know you've spoken about for you, you know, you were always Tony Stanger who played rugby, not Tony Stanger, the rugby player. So this sort of identity aspect of it, what do you think of that part of its role within humility and understanding that, okay, you may be good at something, but that doesn't mean that you are any more or less important than anyone else?
3: Yeah, definitely. It's something I've probably learned more about over the last Five years or so is, is not to define yourself by what you do. That's just something that you do. Who you are exists outside of that. So therefore, you know, the, the, then because the danger can be if it, if it's too much wrapped in, do you really push yourself hard enough to the edge of failure and, and, and into failure sometimes, which then is difficult to, to deal with if that's too closely connected to who you are because then it feels like I'm, I'm not worthy as a person because I've suddenly hit the ceiling of my sporting mm-hmm. potential or whatever it might be. So I think it's, Especially in 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 sports, maybe football is one of these where, you know, they're picking kids very young when they're 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 not emotionally ready to understand exactly what's happening. Particularly if the parents get too wrapped up in the the prestige of having a young person in a, in a high profile academy system, and then at some point there's a there's a huge churn in people who who miss out. So you're not, you you know, you're you're carrying this label if you like, um, with you of I I'm I'm good at this sport, I'm good at that sport, which you're going to hit a, a, a wall at some point and then have you got the tools to overcome that or do you find it too difficult because this is too threatening to to who you see yourself are as a person then you end up dropping out so I think it's it's not only is it um, a way that I've changed my thinking for, for the better so whatever I do and at some point I was always going to retire from rugby and then I went into coaching now I run my own coaching business so there's there's a there's always something new on the horizon to look forward to so that's these are just things that i'm currently doing at the moment who i am is a is a different person than that who just applies the characteristics about me to certain things that i feel I feel are important so it's a key message for for sport. if we can do that particularly through through the parenting that um we can start to get encourage people to think about that as um you know and if, if it's too closely defined to who you are then there's some tough stuff out there you know some sport sport can set you on your backside very quickly and very easily so um yeah absolutely. You know, we, need to be, we need to be aware of that and uh, and ready to cope with that as well as we can
0: absolutely and that does tie in a lot with um your book red dot parenting and growth mindset carol dweck which i know that you've uh you know really studied um, yeah. in depth and talked about in that but we'll we'll come to that Because I I think what you just said there is, is a really important point. But before we do, although this is linked as well, I know that you're very cognizant of the importance of not letting others limit your potential and the importance of not buying into limiting beliefs. And so I know that, for example, that you left school having not excelled, shall we say, and even in your rugby, even in your rugby career, having been told, "Oh, you're no good at kicking," for example, and therefore you avoided that, and then you went on, you know, while you were still playing rugby, and you returned to university. So, yeah, can you just talk a little bit about this about limiting your potential and beliefs and your view of this whole area now?
3: Yeah, it, it, it's um, it's really been a, a very powerful shaping experience in my life because I think when you are younger, you're not aware really of. Of what's happening round about you sometimes, so it's very easy. I think we all do it. We're all probably guilty of it of labelling people, you know, be saying, well, that this person is like, good at maths, or good at spelling at school, or that's a naughty kid, or or, or that's a, you know, um, a musical kid." And and we, and we try and do this because I guess we're trying to kind of make it easier to understand people. But I, I think it can be quite dangerous, particularly if you accept these labels. So I say, I say to my, th- I've got th- three kids, two two adult kids now, and a sixteen year old. So. I say to them people will try and, and pin these labels on you throughout the course of your life but you get to choose whether you accept them or not so if someone says oh you're, you're not very good at this or you're not very academic then you don't have to accept that you know just because somebody else has, has, has said it, you have to think it through so i'm i'm a great example from an academic point of view i left school um at nearly 18 with two c grade hires which didn't get you anywhere near a university now, I don't, uh, you know, we just talked about humility. I don't tell the story to, to show off, but I went to university as a mature student to do an applied sports science degree, and I didn't have any qualifications at any level in the sciences, but of a class of 30 very smart um, young kids, and and me, I was the only one who finished with a first-class honours degree because I'd accepted that label at school. Yeah, did okay, but nothing nothing special to actually, do you know what, why couldn't I? So that was really the, one of the the, the the lessons that really struck it home to me that, you know, I do get to choose, you know, this is much w- more within my gift to what I can what I achieve and what I can't achieve. And it had a massive impact on my rugby career towards the mid-20s, um, early 30s, a key part of your career. But the more um, the more I worked, I worked in coaching and I worked at the Institute of Sport in Scotland, I, I, I saw this happening over and over again, that these labels that, you know, you, you go to a trial to try and get into a, an academy for a different programme and someone decides, oh, so you're not good enough to get in. I mean, you know, that's, that's a label it's pinned on you straight away so some people accepted it some people didn't and found a way in so it's the more we can promote that message i think that um we shouldn't limit people by that by pinning these random labels on people i could have been an excellent kicker but i just and i remember that clearly someone has said that to me and i thought well i've got some other strengths in my game so i'll focus on those but um my kicking game wouldn't nearly have been good enough at the, at the moment but i have hoped in the current environment some would have identified that that was something that you're going to need and would have worked on it. So yeah, and certainly my work in in coaching, I see that I I sit in front of people all the time who I can see are holding a belief about themselves, which has been shaped by previous experiences and, and, and powerful, influential people in their lives. And part of the the challenge is helping them to overcome that, and just think about it and see it in a different way. So um, yeah, the, you, the the number one step, the first point is is awareness that that is is happening and is going on, and not because people are deliberately trying to undermine undermine you. It can happen in jest sometimes. Someone says, "Ah, you've got no pace like your dad," or what have you. That you know, someone can throw away comment which a young person can accept. So um, yeah. yeah, these limiting beliefs, where are they coming from? They're usually coming from either. Something that you tried which went badly, and you weren't supported through that process to to, to squeeze the learning from, it or 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 someone else has has, has pinned a label on you that, that you've accepted. So trying to avoid that, I think if you if you see this about achieving your potential in any area, it's very important to recognise that might be going on and to to think it through and embrace it and, and and see what you can learn from it.
0: I think beliefs are a funny thing because you know really they're just a a bundle of thoughts that have somewhat hardened in our mind and. um for me, I've got a bit of a mantra, which is, you know, we're not our thoughts, we are aware of our thoughts. Yeah. And on that basis, then, you know, any belief, positive, negative, because we all know someone who's got, say, negative but self-belief, or negative uh, beliefs about themselves or about the world or whatever. But also, you know, some people perhaps have uh, overly positive uh, beliefs <laughs> about themselves as well. So I, I don't know, I just think there's something to be said for just holding all beliefs lightly and having an attitude really of exploration. Let, let's see what's possible. And I think that that also comes back to, and, and we'll get into, as I said, the growth mindset stuff, this idea that, that I understand is is hard for young people, but this idea to recognize that, our worth is intrinsic, which comes back to that, you know, we're not what we do. Our worth is intrinsic just, just because yeah. we exist. You know, that, any parent, that's obvious to any parent. And, you know, as we get older, we we lose sight of that. But actually, I think if you can... Reconnect with that on some level, then it becomes easier to go out and explore and not think uh, everything's at stake and your future's at stake, and then you can get into a growth mindset. Was why don't we dig into that actually now? So yeah, uh, so first of all, Red Dot Parenting. So what inspired you to write that? And were you really interested in Carol Dweck's work before you did?
3: Yeah, no, very influential. It came at my time. um, as a talent manager at the Scottish Institute of Sport, so my job was to work with different governing bodies to look at how are we currently identifying, you know, what you're seeing as as talent and then how do we then support that person effectively to make sure they, they, they become as good as they can be. So ultimately, if the system helps anybody who goes into it be as good as they can be, then I think it's a sign of a of a great system. So Carl Dweck's work was was massively influential because it did challenge this idea of, of beliefs and um, where those beliefs come from and then how those beliefs impact motivation and how that, um, that motivation then has an impact on behaviors and how those behaviors then um, impact what you achieve or, or, or don't achieve. So I loved it as a, as a piece of work. It's been around for a long time, since the 70s, when she started to study it. Her, and it's important to say a number of other people. But what I was finding was, was again, this idea of labels we've talked about. So um, this idea of growth mindset and fixed mindset, these are like, I guess, the two different mindsets, if you like. And it was fascinating. I, and I spent a lot of time talking to people about this area. And then subsequently, I did a bit of a follow up to say, listen, so, t- so explain to me, you know, what, what does Carol Dweck mean about mindset? And it was fascinating by a number of people who couldn't tell you what, about the essence of our work, which really is about your beliefs about ability and where ability comes from. Is it something which is fixed and set in stone when you're born, or is it more malleable and you can develop it as you learn and grow? And that's what the the science points toward. It's much more a process of learning. But we hold these beliefs and abilities about, yeah, I can do this, I can't do that. And and I think what I realised very quickly was despite the fact of the sporting system and the coaches having an impact, parents have a massive impact on mm. this because they're looking around, as, and I know you have – Children as well as I do. You're looking around for you know people, how are the kids? What are they up to? You know, it's a very loaded question. Which sometimes you, you kind of look. You're searching for these things that oh, well, they're going to university, or they're very smart, or they're very sporty, or this or that. Or no one wants to say well, they're kind of middle of the road. You know, they, they can't really be bothered most of the time, you know? <laughs> which is which is the reality for a, for a, a lot of people. But um so I was really fascinated in that, and I was fascinated in when I looked at the different governing bodies in Scotland what sort of things are you doing to help the parents? Because they, they're a key part of this process because they're not just you know, paying for the kit and dropping them off and picking them up. They're sitting in the car afterwards asking and in some cases berating about performance, which is maybe not um, you know, not, not up to their, 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 their perceived standard. So I was fascinated. So I think we need, we need to do something more um, specific with the parents. So I wrote this book really as a, as a resource um just to help parents. I, I find it difficult and my kids have all been in, and still are and, and have been involved in sport. So what do you say on the car journey after an amazing performance or a terrible performance? Or they've been really embarrassed. You know, how do you handle those conversations? So that the goal wasn't to tell anybody how to parent, but it was to think about some of the things that you, you do. So parents can be too focused on the results. So what was the score? Did you win? Did you get a goal? Did you score a try? So then, then, then what the child can think about there as well is, "Mum or Dad only happy if if, I, if we win or score a try." So simple things like moving away from actually having a talk talk about categories. So what are, what are the what are the five areas I can maybe ask you about after the game, or what about work rate, for example, or what about my positioning, or what about you know some of my tackling so you can ask about something specific which is in the young person's control rather than an outcome which is not so so it's just a, a series of tips it's only it's over 100 pages long it takes less than a couple of hours to read but it was the the feedback has been really good because it just helped to support recognize parents to recognize the good things they're doing but obviously maybe it start to add in one or two things move away from the outcome focused, but also maybe add in some um some things that they they could try, but also some things they might need to stop because I, I, still my youngest who's 16, Jack plays football, and I still see some things on the touchline by other oh, parents uh, yeah. shout, shouting, which I think that you know if you if you genuinely wanted your your, your son as as it is in this case uh, to perform poorly, then that's probably a good thing to be shouting there. So um, so there's, yeah. there's still there's still a lot of work to be done. We we could literally speak for days about about uh, that impact, but it's important. So any parents listening, you you're to the stage where if i if i went to a governing body and they said listen you know we can only let you speak to the the the, the athletes uh, the coaches or their parents where, where would you make the biggest impact it would be the, the parents 100% of the time because they're the most motivated to want to help because it's their Son or daughter, it's their pride and joy, but they're also the least well informed about what to do for the best. So they're kind of left left to it. So, um, so yes, it was. Uh, I love doing it. I love I love writing. As as you know, on on the Stanger Pro website, there's an insight section, which is just little you know, sort of highlights of um, of different things I'm thinking about in terms of coaching and bringing the best out of people. So I love doing it. And as I say, the feedback has been has been good. And it is still available for anyone who wants it, any good online retailers, <laughs> oh, you, yeah. can, you can still get it.
0: I'll link to it in the show notes. Don't I'm you really worry like about that. Don't, don't really you like. worry about that, Tony. But uh, <laughs> I love the answer about if you were only able to speak to one group, you'd speak to the parents. And um, my view And this is purely anecdotal, but my view is around the importance of just reinforcing as much as possible this idea that irrespective of behavior, irrespective of what you do, irrespective of anything that they are loved, accepted, worthy, just because, you know, for no reason. For me, that's just something I always keep trying to come back to, you know, whether it be at the end of a telling off or bringing home some ropey bit of art, whatever it may be. That to me is the key message to get across. I don't know what you think of that.
3: Yeah, no, definitely. Kids do want to please, don't they? So it's what are you pleased about? I'm pleased you worked really hard today. I saw you really trying there. Okay, but I didn't do it. Why not? Well, it might have not come off today, but this is the and it's it's happening to understand that that process of how you improve. So and 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 this is a great thing about sport or or art or music, whatever it is. You know, there's a. There's a learning process you go through there which can be transferred into anything that you do in life into your own relationships into a job you know into your, your study whatever it might be so i think it's it's recognizing that that you're you're there to help and support and love them whatever they do the ups and downs mm-hmm. along that process there i think is a really important message so then then people stop defining themselves about what they do and about the outcome that they can't control and much more about you know, that my mum my and dad are, are here to, to help me with uh, with this. And um, there doesn't need to be that element of, you know, I think people feel good if they start to feel some improvement and moving forward. So, um you know, but then people find a thing that they're, that they're really loving. As soon as you find that and you know you've got the support beside you, then you're really talking, aren't you? Because you've got yeah. the love and support there. You've got something that you're interested in and passionate about. And the time on task that you do in that area with love and support helps you to, to keep improving, which of course builds the passion and, and then, then you're away. And that could be anything, you know, whatever you decide to do. So we sometimes hold some areas up, you know, you, you, you know there's, there's, um, you know the back back pages or front pages of people of success. We we and quite rightly people work very hard in those areas, but there's lots of people who are very successful in areas that you would never know about. Being a great parent, you know, handling a, mm. a situation at home in a really fantastic way, which helped a young person to to keep calm or see things in a different way. All those things are massive successes, which are not are not headline news, but they're still very important. So uh, so, but you feel you feel that, don't you? I think if you you've done a good job, you know it, and you feel good about doing that, and so does the person yeah, yeah, interacting yeah. with it. And that's what life's about, you know those. Interactions that we have missed a little bit, you know, face to face ones, particularly over the last two years. So those, those to me are the important things in life. And whether you do sport or, or you're, you you don't, or whatever you work in and do for a job, these are these are the things that you will will stay with you because those those emotions are the things you remember.
0: I wonder what you think about this, Tony. So the more that parents, people, but particularly parents, can reinforce that unconditional acceptance, that unconditional love, then children can internalize that more and more and then like you say when they do find that thing that lights their fire they're doing it from a place of i want to do this because it lights me up not because i'm trying to impress mama dad or this person or that person and not to prove that i'm okay if you know what i mean
3: yeah definitely and I think this is where the idea of experimentation is very important. So there's there's some things you know we we still need to to try and work hard and get better and all those sorts of, of things, particularly if you go into sport. So you know it, it it's um, th- those messages too. But then it's all about trying things why don't you go and do a range of different things you know and, and and see what you like and see what you enjoy and have have an open conversation about that and say well listen yeah we're keen but you know we would you'd also expect commitment from that i think as well so listen you know there's no pressure on how fast or slow you, you move but you know if you want to do this let's let's go for it and i think that's an important message too so we don't just you know we decide listen let's try things and see what you like let's talk about it but then as, as we go through it, let's, let's not put a, you know, I expect you to achieve X, Y, and Z, but yeah. let's, um, let's look at what we're doing and would you like to get better? How would you do that? Ask the child questions, maybe yes. practice more. Well, why don't you do a bit more of that? Let's will help you. I'd love to listen to you. All, all those things. So you're, you're, in some ways, quite subtly, but you're, you're encouraging them to do the things that are, are going to be part of this ongoing learning, which we need in life, don't we? We can't just gotta yeah. turn up and, and go through the motions. So you're, but you're encouraging that based on, well, how, how would you ask them that question if you wanted to improve if so, so and kids will still do this. Oh, I'm rubbish at that. I went, I was terrible. Oh, that, that was interesting. Why you see that? So, how if you want to get better, what would you need to do? And you focus them much more on rather than good, bad, or indifferent. Actually, what 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 would it take? And are you even interested in doing that? Do you like quite like practicing? You know, no, I hate it. And think, well, you know, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's probably not going to end well. What what else <laughs> yeah. could you like doing? So, so it's trying to encourage that to think in that way, so that yeah, one, this is within my control. I enjoy doing it. Here's why I enjoy doing it. It's amazing how often it happened when I'd speak, I would speak to young sports people, and it's kind of you know. So I'm interested why you're doing this sport and not another sport, and it's usually because of some early success. So therefore, and and then you know, or, or and which is then a bit wrapped up in parents. So parents get quite excited about it. oh they're really good at swimming or they're really good at tennis or whatever, whatever yeah. it might be. So, um, so definitely th- th- those those I still think that's an important piece as well because if if people just go into anything kind of without full commitment, then I think we're always going to come out a little bit short, and, and rather than jumping around, try a few things, get, get those experiences across the board. What, what do you like? Why? Understanding a bit why? And then, listen, if you wanted to try and get a bit better in this area, what, what would that look like? And then you've got a quite a nice learning process that people sort of have developed over time, and then you just start transferring that to as things ebb and flow and change, and, yeah, I want to try something else, so this interests me now, I'm going, I'm going to do that. So the, the best people I've seen are able to look at, good performance in a number of different areas and, and they've, they've got a really good and robust ongoing learning process that sits underneath the things that they're interested in. So there's not this sense of, you know, you, you, you've heard this before, you know, do, does someone have 10 years experience or do they have one year's experience just repeated 10 times? And those are not <laughs> the same things. So you're always looking at subtle ways to be a little bit better. And I ask the people I work with in business, you know, what what are you better at now than you were six months ago? a lot of people struggle to answer that question because they've just got their head down doing the stuff they know how yeah. to do. So that's not probably a great place for human beings to be where we d- we're designed to, to re- respond to different stimuli. So listen, we need to we need to have that in there. So building an ongoing learning process into your day to day, I think, is the is the, the, the key. And, uh, and encouraging that as, as soon as possible with young people, I think, is, uh, is really important.
2: Ready to pop the question. and now save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.
3: Building an ongoing learning process into your day-to-day, I think, is the, is the, the, the key. And, uh, and encouraging that as soon as possible with young people, I think, is, uh, is really important.
0: And that's a big difference between sport and normal working life where everyone just clocks in, clocks out yeah. and, you know, it's Groundhog Day, whereas obviously sport you're looking to improve, Yeah, you know, from... Monday to Friday. And uh, yeah, that's something certainly other areas, well, all areas of life could learn from. You mentioned yeah. with your kids or kids in general questions, and, and this is something I know it, that you value very highly in terms of supporting people to be able to do well, the importance of of questions. So what advice would you have around how to utilize questions as best as possible?
3: Yeah, no. I appreciate that question because it's what what I'm working on just now. So I help people to become better at coaching across a number of different sectors and 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 businesses. And the thing I try and keep it as simple as possible is that people do remember how you make them feel this this emotional connection. So the the purpose really of questions is can can help you to by asking someone's opinion. How do you think you would solve this? it makes, makes them feel that their opinion is valued. So therefore, and they also then know they're going to come prepared. So he's going to, he's going to ask me, you know, what, what my thoughts are rather than just coming and ask for the answer. What do I do about this? Well, actually, well, what, what are you thinking? What are your thoughts on this? What have you tried? You know, what areas have you, have you looked at? So that it's very important because it builds this idea of coming with a, a more solution focused and getting encouraging people to think things through. How, how do I do it? And the, the, the benefit of that really is that, you know, you, you, they feel trusted. Uh, they feel valued as part of the the organisation, uh, and they also feel your support. So you're there to help and ask them and encourage them to think it through and and how they might might do it. So the, it links into the idea of self regulation, which is yeah. a, an area which is is massive in terms of the 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 study of it, of elite people. What's one of one of the some of the things that they do and this idea of self regulation, which is you know you you drive it. Others will help you, but you need to drive this process of improvement. So somebody can't do it for you. So self-regulation is is recognised by everyone as, as being being crucial to success. So if you start then answering questions for people and doing it for them, then it takes that that um, need to, to regulate yourself away. And if you do that too young, then young people don't develop that those those skill sets. So the quicker you can get people to take responsibility for their own learning, the 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 better. And I see, I see it way too often in a number of environments I, I work in. It's very tempting when you're busy. You mentioned the difference between sport and, and business. In business, when you're busy, it's very tempting. You know, how do I do this? Oh, I'll just do it for you. And the person, a learning opportunity has been missed, which means that that person is going to keep coming and asking you to do it, Um, which means you're you know, taking a little bit of time to to talk it through for them to learn. It means that, that you're going to save time in the future. So um questions tie into this idea of self regulation yeah. and, and also the the emotional drivers of performance that people feel that you know that their their opinion is valued and it's not just something why are you doing that today well, because my boss told me to do it well why yeah, are you doing yeah. that because we had a discussion around right about it and I think this is a good way to go and and also, let's not be arrogant enough to to ex, ex, accept that our opinion is 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 right. Maybe things change. Maybe someone's got a, a better way of doing it. Let's let's be open to yeah. that. So so yeah. self self regulation is massive. It's something my wife and I were were different as people, but we've we've wanted to send. You're singing from the way. same hymn sheet. Yeah, you know, but but but, but, it, but particularly in terms and particularly in terms of this idea of self regulation, but also these. For anybody who has looked at Carol Dweck's work on on uh, mindset, I would, the, the the books the books really worth a, a read. But this idea, we would like to send the kids out into the world with, you know, with a let's just call it a growth mindset for for the moment. But you know, th- these are the behaviors which so when you know they're, they're faced with a challenge, they're thinking about how can yeah. I overcome this rather than be, be, be kind of oh, I can't be do it and, and run a mile. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, and we'll, we'll I want to come back to that, Tony, but I just yeah, want to sure. pick up on this piece of self regulation you know, and questions feeding into that and made me think, you know, if you display a trust in in someone by asking the right questions, they then again, internalize that trust for themselves. And yeah. also on the uh, stangerpro.com, one of your nuggets or insights, you've got a lovely story that uh, stuck with me about one of your kids or maybe more than one of your kids and the smoothie bottle and three gallons of water to wash it out. (laughs) So I thought this was very interesting. So, yeah, they had a smoothie bottle. Goodness knows what in it, but I'm sure it was something healthy. And they washed it out with three gallons of water, which got, got your back up a little bit. Now, invariably, you know, as anyone who has children will know, it can be easy, particularly perhaps when we're tired or fatigued or under pressure, whatever it may be to go what the hell are you doing you're using too much water engage your brain for god's sake, etc etc we all know the type of thing and you give that as example one but actually well why don't you pick it up in terms of you know a skillful use of questions even in something as apparently inconsequential as this can be an opportunity to teach someone self-regulation
3: yeah no it it was a i remember i remember it clearly because it um you observe doing so and, and it was literally on the tip of my tongue to dive in and say what well, what, what a waste of water there but so I was able to realize that look at the situation realize how it made me feel sort of frustrated and think well actually wait a minute here you know I've learned that along the way so if I just say listen don't do that how's that going to feel it's just going to feel dad's giving me a telling off so whilst they may remember it they're going to remember it in a way which was was kind of a less less positive so I just I just asked the question. I said if if your goal was to to save water by by um, washing that, what what could you do? So of course they very quickly. What I just pour a little bit and give it a shake, and then you know do, I said well you know that's uh, and, and that's that's literally all, that's kind of all I said. So that they got it, the and it was kind of. Maybe it came across as a wee bit kind of sarcastic, maybe. maybe but uh, I thought it doesn't matter, does it? the and they solved it. The, the solution was there, so that they understood the point there. That you know, in terms of, of water, let's not just because we can turn the tap on. It's there. Let's not let's not waste doesn't, it. Yeah. So there was is there was a number of things going on there. But it was yeah, the, the key thing was it was on the tip of my tongue just to dive straight in and say, well, yeah. give them what, a barricade. What, what are you doing? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I, I, absolutely. So it's um, and it's all and, and I live my life that way now you can overdo questions because you know there's there's wisdom to be shared i i love listening to people and, and telling me how they think about things in, in, uh, as well so so it's it's a there's a there's a balance to it to be had for sure because you course, want to pass, yeah. on, pass on knowledge but i think it's a it's, it's a good way just to get people to think and i think it, it's really driven by this idea of you know how do i how want do you, my child, I, I, ch- child to feel after yeah, this yeah well uh,
0: i was gonna i was gonna pick up on that because you know as you said as you said that and as i read that story you know, giving someone a barracking for using too much water, that may, for example, create or uh, encourage a feeling of almost shame or frustration or anger or anything, right? Even if it's just on a small level. However, yeah. framing it in the way that you did, what would you do if you wanted to save water or however you framed it? And then they come up with an answer. The feeling then would be one of empowerment and excitement, yeah. albeit again, subtle, but the difference then in this very small interaction can be hugely consequential. And it reminds me of, I remember chatting to Dave Allred, who was kicking coach for Johnny back in the day. And he had a a line which stuck with me, which is, um, language is the most powerful tonic, let's say, available to humans. And I think that example you gave is just shows, doesn't it? We can be very unaware of the impact our language can have but if you choose it wisely and keep in mind like you say how will this make someone feel because that's what they'll remember yeah. then that skill and can change the trajectory of, of someone's life I don't know if you've got anything to add to that or yeah, one... You
3: just one quick thing because it's got... one of the other insights there is, is one thing I've done recently is, is this idea: we've all got things in our life which we really they're not particularly thrilling Um I, I exercise I love doing it it keeps me I think it's good for my mental health but I, I, I tend to do it at six o'clock in the morning so and it was as i've got older i'm 54 this year so it's become a little bit more of a challenge yeah. to, to be getting up but just a, a quick reframe in my own mind of the language not not i'm training i i'm um, running it six o'clock tomorrow morning it's i get to run at six o'clock tomorrow yeah. morning you know and, and just a very and it was i thought there's no way that's going to work. But it's amazing how much of a difference this is language you're talking. So the language used with others, but the language we use to ourselves as well. And it's, yeah. it's it's suddenly becoming aware of that. And it's something that I do a lot when I'm working with my clients is, that, is I listen to every single word. I, I find it really draining because I'm hanging on every word because it gives you clues. And, and if you're interested in helping people to, to be as good as they can be, they can give you loads of information just by the language they use. Sometimes it's just a, a habit and they don't mean it. Other times it's actually really what's going on. So yeah, it's, it's very, very endorse that 100%. So I'm very, very important. So that's that's yeah. Now-
0: yeah. That's a really interesting point you just made about, you know, I get to exercise because underneath that is gratitude, isn't it? Is yeah. It's is it being grateful for being able to do something that is very easy to take for granted and even be resentful for, i.e. having yeah. to get up at six and, and go for a run when, the body starts creaking as it does as you yes. get a little older than you. <laughs> yes. um but you know i know people obviously who well we all know people who perhaps can't exercise yeah, exactly, or, exactly. bad things have happened for and and yeah. so yeah uh, get to i think that yeah. is so powerful because yeah it's it's, powerful. You, you're bathing in gratitude right yeah. um just to the red dot parenting the growth mindset the carol's work i thought it was really interesting how you said that how you know it's something that gets bandied around a lot but actually people don't necessarily really understand it and it's about this belief about ability you know is it natural is it something is, is it talent in other words you know is, it, is yeah. it something i've been born with or or is it developable i suppose and you know that whole you know if you believe you can and you believe you can't but i quite like adding a third one which is just whether I believe or can or can't leave that to one side and just explore but then the yeah. other the other four areas is about your approach to effort and you touched on this earlier with your own kids, reacting to challenge. You know, how do we react yep. to challenge? Is it something that we shy away from or is it something we relish? Reacting to setbacks, which, you know, is a, the natural part of life. I mean, we've spoken about your Chesney moment, but I'm sure there were some, <laughs> some David Hasselhoff moments in there as well. And then as well, seeking, seeking out feedback. And so this is all part of what Carol labels a growth mindset, these five areas yep. and really embracing them. If you were to say just in a in a few minutes, let's so say you've got two minutes here, Tony, how to best promote these five behaviours in someone or or best foster them, what would you say?
3: Yeah, so I would I'd make it and this again is, is good for parents, so that there's rather an outcome if, if if as a parent your your son or daughter knows that you're you're going to um be pleased if you like if 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 they really embrace the challenge. So the five is embracing a challenge. Um, overcoming setbacks, um, looking and responding to, to, to feedback and putting putting effort in, in, in key areas and then taking ownership. So th- those are the kind of behaviours that I think we'll we all accept. If someone did those things, they're going kind to of likely to be pretty successful, I would imagine. So getting those on the agenda, that th- this is uh, this is important and um, an awareness of that. So not about the outcome, not about how good or bad you are, whatever you're just trying to do, then then these things are going to happen. It's what why sport is so good because there are setbacks all the time. There are areas where you have to work hard. There are areas where you're encouraged to take ownership. You know, there's feedback is, is rife across the system, not good and bad. So so the, the, what I, I love Carl Black's work. I, I don't tend to use the terminology because it can be confusing, yeah. but I do focus on the behaviours. And then once you, once you recognise these behaviours, the job becomes, okay, my son or daughter, my colleague at work, they're not really embracing this challenge as much as they, as they, they can do. What can I do to help? first thing I would suggest is let's get it on the agenda as a discussion point. Let's talk about, listen, I want to talk about this area here. How are you finding that challenge at the moment? Oh, and then then they might open up and explain, oh, I'm finding it difficult. Okay, well, I'm here to help. What can we try and do? What might And then, then you help them to build a little bit of a plan about how they're going to you know, be better at embracing that challenge. And then one thing which is very key to people is, is celebrate the small wins along the way. So don't make it a massive, big thing. Make it just mm-hmm. a, little, a little science. And even if that's all I did was... I went away for an hour and thought about it. Fantastic. You know, I didn't really get anywhere. Doesn't matter. You, you, you invested an hour in this area. So listen, what do we do next? And you keep moving it forward in a series of small little successes or or things that you do to suddenly, then suddenly that person becomes better at, at taking on challenges. And uh, And okay, what's the next thing? So that's what I loved about the piece of work. What are the behaviours that are driving performance? let's get those on the agenda let's talk about them and then let's think what maybe sits under well, I, I, i've never been any good at this i had a boss previously that told me that i was rubbish at doing presentations okay well it seems like you've maybe accepted that well let's let's see what we can do how could we start at a nice level where you can start to build some confidence here because this is important in your job we need to be able to do it well maybe if i presented to, well let's try that so let's let's have a go at that and see how it goes how did that go and and it's those sorts of series linked conversations, spending time with someone, believing in them. I know you can yeah. do this. Keep supporting them, and um, and then you start to yeah. see that then they it build its own momentum because people start to believe they can, and then they they take it in the run with it, and it's very powerful. So, but um, get the, get those on the agenda. Do um, you know support them through that process? It's amazing what can be achieved.
0: Tony, just following on from how to promote these five behaviours in in someone and foster this, you know what what's known as a growth mindset, and I know you. I'm not a huge fan of labels in any kind. So even the fixed and growth mindset label ones can be a little bit um, counterproductive. But again, to to come back to something we mentioned earlier, something I've mentioned a couple of times, um, one being humility. So this uh, this idea of humility, for me, uh, I, I define humility as the absence of a story that you are better or worse than anyone else. Now I don't know if that's true, but that's my own definition, and I'm hanging on to it. And the other thing is about someone's self worth being innate, so your self worth never being at stake, whether you achieve something or not. For me, this is something that doesn't get talked about, or, or perhaps hasn't been reflected on much in terms of the growth mindset. Is this idea of identity and and worth, which is so closely bound? So, for example, coming back to you again, Tony Stanger who played rugby, as opposed to Tony Stanger, the rugby player. If you'd have been Tony Stanger, the rugby player, suddenly there's something at stake if things go wrong. Whereas if you're Tony Stanger, who plays rugby, they're two separate things. And if you can get in touch with that you know, there's nothing really I can do in this world to aggrandize or diminish myself fundamentally, then you're more likely to embrace these five behaviours that go into a growth mindset. What's your take on the role of self-worth? Because in my mind, it's been somewhat overlooked related to the idea of growth mindset.
3: It it really has. because To me, it's the underpinning part of it, this idea of your own personal beliefs about you, what you're capable of, and whether that's set in stone when you're born or whether that's up for grabs through learning and development as, as you live your life. So to me, that's the, the fundamental part of growth mindset and rather than the terminology. And carl Dweck focuses on these behaviors. So effort, how hard you work, what you do when you face a challenge, what you do when something goes wrong in terms of setbacks, how you actively seek and use feedback and whether you're prepared to take ownership of your own, own learning. So those are the the kind of tangible things you can use. So helping someone through a process when they face challenges, how can you support and help them them through that? But what sits underneath is a little bit about your own beliefs and challenging those in in society and and media uh, can be be bad at that, using the talent word and saying, oh, they're super talented and it's a, Mm. a natural gift and all these kind of phrases which then, reinforces this idea in people's minds that you have to be born lucky and ultimately we're born with certain characteristics now you can decide whether those you use those in a way that helps you to to overcome and, and uh, challenges and and uh, achieve what you want to achieve or you can use them to define you so the more we can get the knowledge out there that let's not do that let's actually understand what the evidence says is what we're just all, all a collection of different things let's like just use them in, in the, the best way to overcome the, the situations that we're, we're facing and focus on these five five behaviours. So I think it's it's really, really important. Growth Mindset, Carl Dweck's work, is not about terminology. It's about this belief about where your ability comes from and the evidence points towards an awful lot more is up for grabs than you think is. So let's make sure that message is promoted and then focus on those behaviours and helping people to have the successes along the way that help to reinforce those behaviours, that those do work, then you get more of those behaviours and then people really do genuinely start to to, to believe, you know, I, I can do this. And, and you see it all the time in certain situations. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, the, the people apply themselves. It suddenly things come off and and, um, and we're, we're away laughing. So it's, it's a really important part of how we, we take some really good research, but let's take time to understand it and apply it in the way it was intended, which is really about challenging beliefs about where ability comes from.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And you're a, a great example of that in terms of your, for example, your academic career, you know, two hires, okay, you know, nothing to write home about through to being top of the class, you know, just a few short years later. Yeah. And actually, again, to come to identity and, you know, Tony Stanger, who played rugby as opposed to Tony Stanger, the rugby player, and how important and fundamental distinction that is. And just to bring that to to this idea of talent, and I watched a little video on your website. I think it was a the Scottish Institute of Yeah, sport that's right, yeah. About talents. just a two-minute video. We all know people who are early bloomers who perhaps excelled at the age of 12, 13, 14, but then don't go on to make it. And actually being lumbered with the tag and the label talented at that point can be such a heavy cross to bear because, well, first of all, some people are going to catch up with you, perhaps in size or in work ethic or whatever it may be. And then suddenly you're into that, challenge area and it can be very tough and I know you live in Dunblane and so I'm always reminded of Andy Murray because something people forget about Andy was when he was when he came up even though he was you know something of a prodigy winning the US Open juniors there were two French guys who actually more were expected of one was um, Richard Gasquet he was written as the her potential future Mozart of French tennis at the age of 15 and Gail Monfils who won three of the four junior majors in the year that Andy won the US Open juniors and but Andy was the one who who kicked on and actually another Scottish example for me is is Laura Muir and I think she's an incredible one because she wasn't even the best in her class at, at running but she just loved it and so for her it was just the pure joy of doing it for its own sake so therefore reacting to challenges setbacks seeking feedback none of that was ever a problem because she never had her identity pinned to her running and still doesn't and look what she's gone on to achieve you know to to be an olympic silver silver medalist but even now i think she holds that so lightly so this identity piece uh, and being lumbered with the label talent is a really interesting area i think
3: yeah and i'd say to anyone be very very careful with that because but the younger the person is they haven't got the capacity to really reason with it themselves because of their maturity. So it's, yeah, I I would... I think it's just it's unhelpful because you know here at you know living in Scotland you know you can you can be the best under fourteen in in Scotland in your age group but that doesn't mean very much because there's not many people doing your sport and um, you know there's loads of other age groups there so it definitely it's it's really really important and there's loads of stories like Laura Murandy Murray these, these kind of people they just they just found a way through through hard work and the behaviours that kept driving it and they were com- committed to find find a way it's it, it's very difficult to overcome if you've You've, you know, you, you carry this label and it's threatened and then how you handle that psychologically is, is, is difficult. And the other thing is if you're. If you are so much better when you're young sometimes you don't do what's required to allow you to take the next step so when people yeah. do catch you up and these are these are particular things some of these, these behaviors so the challenge is not strong enough so therefore you don't learn how to really challenge yourself so when when you need to do that you've not learned it so you're you're getting even further behind so we uh, we should try and give people a, a really good experience in sport as much as we possibly can so a big part of that is these messages listen this is up for grabs here we're not we're not going to select people too early we're not going to label people talented or not we're just gonna to say here's where you are at the moment what do we need to do to keep moving forward and make yeah. sure that what's required to be successful in the future is what you're working on now don't wait until you get there because then it's too late because other people in the world will be doing it. So let's get those messages out there rather than trying to select people at a very young age and then give them this that and the other. actually do you love it? let's keep doing it let's keep working on some yeah. important stuff here. Um, but it's just something you're doing. Do other stuff as well. Do, do different things. And lots of evidence, particularly from America, about the multi-sport background, allowing yeah. people to, to stop the burnout, get, allowing them to get through systems uh, and be much better prepared because they've, they've had ups and downs in different sports, which have learned from. So let's make sure we promote that message, but also not just hold it back to sport. You know, education as well, music, whatever it is, your job, you know, let's make sure these are the messages that go out there and, rather than people, as we started with, sitting there, well, I can't do that. Why not? Because I'm no good at that. Why do you think you're no good at it? Because either this happened, it didn't go very well or someone told me I wasn't very good at that and, I, and I've decided to accept it. And you think, well, let's, let's move away from that. If we're serious about helping people reach the potential, we, we need to move away from that kind of thinking, I believe. Right. One more
0: thing I want to ask, but just to, something that popped in my head as you were saying that, just to relate mm-hmm. it even to a further field and that's life. And a quick story, a couple I knew, let's just say they were in marital difficulties and I suggested to my friend, have you considered couples counselling? Now, this obviously sounds a bit personal, but don't worry, I won't identify anyone. And his reply was, no, we're adults. We should be able to do that. And I thought that's a one of those kind of beliefs thing of, oh, you know, we're born with this ability, you know, yeah. a, as opposed to a willingness to to work at it. And, you know, and that so many people be willing to go down to the golf range and work on their swing. Yet when it comes to something as fundamental, for example, as communicating in a relationship, which as so many of us know is a challenge yeah. and is so important. This kind of stuff can be applied to to these areas as well. Um, yeah. I, that was just a, a point I wanted yeah, to. Yeah, no, I, I
3: agree. I, I agree, and that's why it was no even with a sporting background. People say, "Oh, no wonder your kids do sport." There was never any any pressure. But what I do like about it is that. The learning that you can gain from that, which is which yeah. is quite in your face on on a regular basis, but it's the transferability of that learning into any aspect of what they do. So yeah, a hundred percent. Just challenge your beliefs. I'd say to people if there's one thing. They just, why, why do i think that and where's that come from and an awful lot yeah. of times it's because of an experience you've had and a lot of times which is because society that's what they yeah. think well the smart yeah, kids conditioning go to, yeah the, the smart kids go to uni the rest do an apprenticeship or somewhere you think no no it doesn't have to be that way let's not let's not pigeonhole ourselves and hold ourselves back by society-wide thinking which is historic in many ways which was thinking from years and years ago which we're still hanging on to so let's move away from that it doesn't make any sense so challenge challenge your beliefs and where they come from and, and it's amazing i think what a difference that can make
0: Brilliant point, Tony. Very well said. Right. Final thing I want to ask you about, again, looking at your website, was about your business. So you have three business goals. And you speak a lot, obviously, about focusing on the process, not the outcome. And in a growth mindset terms, that can be like you say, this is where you are now. What can we do to keep moving forward? So there is kind of no horizon in many ways it's just like a constant right well yeah okay what can we tweak you know mm, how can yeah. we embrace challenges etc and i saw your three business goals one to learn and grow within the environment number two to find it the work challenging and stimulating and then number three earn enough money to be able to do numbers one and two and i <laughs> thought this was i thought this was fantastic because there is no outcome how many businesses like yours, where there is no definitive right, you know, we're doing this so that we can earn X to pay X match shareholders or whatever it may be. You know, it's very outcome focused. Whereas yours is this, it's a never ending virtuous circle, isn't
3: it? Yeah, no, you'd be amazed. Well, you probably wouldn't be amazed how many times I was challenged on that from people saying, listen, so. What's the scalability of it? How are you going to take consultants on to do what you do? And and it was amazing how many then and it did I I, I spent a bit of time questioning that, thinking, you know, what this is just a bit different. People are saying maybe we should be doing this, and and I, and I really took a lot of time, my wife and I, to think it through, but. Um, You know that ultimately the growth of our business the more people i can work with i I pass on some of what i hold to be important and they start to use it with other people across their businesses and hopefully more widely and suddenly it grows its own momentum from from there so and, and then ultimately a little bit, People might say a bit selfish, but the bit I love the most is sitting in front of someone and and uh, listening to them and listening with the language you use and trying to help them and and all that. So any, any time any growing would move me away from doing that. So um, so yeah, it's a it's a different way of thinking. It means that genuinely every day when I look at my diary thing to do, I'm looking forward to doing that. Oh, that's going to be an yeah. interesting conversation. You know that that's a fascinating person everyone's unique and different so that will be a really interesting so and I, I absolutely love it and as i say we're we've been able to do enough money to keep doing it and uh, and we're seven years in now and, and we'll continue to do that so i think i I would struggle when uh, i eventually get to retirement age which is fast approaching but, but i'll keep that's doing so i'll keep doing something of this because that because i do love doing it and and, and people look at it and you you know that that's been helpful that's been useful so i uh, so that that feeling that i get from that interaction is as well is 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 very important for me as a human being to to feel that i'm adding some sort of value to my time on the planet so uh, yes it, was, yeah no it was that uh, fascinating that people do challenge that when and but it really works for us you know and not, not for everyone maybe but it certainly works for us so and I, I do love it i i feel like i'm better now than I was two or three months ago and if we had more time we, i'd talk about the areas of that i'm doing that in because i've got a, a learning process that's attached to that to allow me to keep improving so um i'll tell you what
0: dangle that carrot tony we'll have to have a part two for that one but no no i think you know you say it's not for everyone but i think as a model what a sustainable model what a sustainable way of working i think that if more people did adopt a similar thing of right you know i'm in it to learn to grow to uh, to enjoy my work to find it challenging and stimulating and the money which obviously is important is to enable me to carry on doing parts one and two i think um to me, that just feels very sort of holistic and sustainable and it's out of the norm, but I think- I think it is, yeah. I think people could really learn and reflect on whether that might work for them. So I wanted to, yeah. see, that's why I wanted to add it. Anyway, listen, Tony, I've thoroughly enjoyed picking your brains and you know, I'd love to have you on for part two. I I, I feel like over the last sort of hour or so, that the trauma that you caused my mother and <laughs> very nearly caused my father, we'll chalk that up to bygones being bygones. Yeah. Okay, thank you very much indeed for coming on, Tony. Anything you want to say just in terms of getting people to your website getting people to your book because there's a lot of valuable material there so please go for it
3: yeah no please do stangerpro.com the website go to insight section every month um, i just it's a couple of paragraphs of just something i've been thinking about whole, all all in this area of of helping people that round about you to to reach the potential so we, we do that in all aspects of our life with our, with our kids with um with our work with it with our sport, so if you're interested it's all free I, I love doing it so have a look and uh, you can send any comments any of you're interested in and in uh, the book as well if you're a parent in sport, I think it might be useful so but yeah, listen Sam, i've I've loved it you know an afternoon to talk about what I love is uh, always great fun so I've really appreciated it.
0: very much for listening to this week's episode with scottish rugby legend tony stanger i'd be delighted to hear your thoughts drop me a message via my website simonmundy.com or on social media and please could you share this episode or any other episode it really does make a big difference that's it for now though until next time goodbye
1: hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter